You know, when I moved to Oklahoma City, Tiffany and I moved here a little over 21 years ago to start People's Church. And I remember just when we arrived in the city, a pastor friend of mine said, Herbert, I want to take you out to eat. And he said, man, I want to take you to eat sushi. I'm like, man, I've never had sushi before. He says, I want to take you to eat sushi. I'm like, man, it sounds good to me. I eat chitlins and hog balls and neck bones and pig feet and living onions. I can eat some sushi too. Let's go. And so he took me to go eat some sushi, and he ordered these sushi rolls, and it was just, you know, all the raw fish was there. And I, I took a bite of that sushi. <laughs> almost threw up. I'm like, bring back the chitlins. I don't know what this stuff is right here, man, but this, I, this brother can't do this. I said, no. And, and then I had a friend a month or two later said, hey, man, let's go back to eat. I heard you moved to Oklahoma City. I want to take you out to eat some sushi. Like, no, brother, don't do sushi. I do chitlins. I do neck bones. I do pig feet. But I don't do, I don't do, I don't do sushi. He said, oh, no, no, listen. The person that introduced sushi to you, they just didn't know how to do it right. He said, I know what you need. You're going to like it. He said, matter of fact, when we got to the restaurant, he said, matter of fact, I'm going to I'm gonna suggest a roll for you. It even has bacon in it. I'm like, ooh, I'm from We Woke Up Bacon. You talking my language now. Bacon's good at anything. And he ordered this roll, but it was a cooked roll. He says, you got to start with a cooked roll. And I ate that roll. I was like, oh, man, this is good. Yeah, I like this. I went back to the place again, and I, I ate it again, and I, I liked it again. And, and then I kept eating sushi, and over my, the last 21 years, I've even eaten raw sushi, and I like it. Oh, yeah, man. I, 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 your pastor, one of my favorite foods is sushi. Oh, mm. and, and when many Christians think about sharing their faith, that, that they think about it like my first sushi experience. Like, no, nah, that's not me. I don't do that. I don't share my faith. That's for those, those people, you know, those people that yell at people and they, they scream at people and tell them, you're going to hell, and they scream at them, turn or burn. They, they hold up signs, and they pick it and say, you're not going to go to heaven. You're going to hell. That's, that, I, I let them share their faith. That, 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 that's for those people. And I want you to know, church, there's a better way. There's a better And I today want to teach you a life-giving way to share your faith. Matter of fact, if you've been in church for 40 or 50 years or if it's your first time today, I'm telling you, you're going to learn some stuff. I'm going to give you some insight from the scriptures that I believe is going to be a, just a fresh perspective as you learn to share your faith. But before I do, I first want to give you some common traps that will keep you from sharing your faith. And I want to study a portion of scripture in John chapter number four. There was a woman at a well who put her faith in Jesus. Jesus spoke to her in such a life-giving way. It connected with her soul. And she came to faith in Christ. But he had to first overcome the common traps that keep all of us from sharing our faith. And here's the first trap. It's the trap of busyness. John chapter 4 and verse 4 says, now he had to go. He had to go through 
Samaria. In the midst of everything Jesus had happening in his ministry, he was casting out demons. He was healing the sick. He was, he, he was preaching the gospel. He was ministering to hurting people. But Jesus made it a priority to go through Samaria because he knew he was going to meet a woman who needed grace, who needed mercy, and who needed forgiveness. Jesus went out of his way for one woman. He didn't allow the trap of busyness to keep him from telling this lady about the good news. And you and I can't let the trap of busy lives keep us from doing what God has called us to do. God has called us. He has commissioned us. He has told us to share our faith. Mark chapter 16 verse 15 says, he said to them, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And this command wasn't just for preachers. It, it wasn't just for his disciples. It, it wasn't just for church leaders. No, this command is for every single Christ follower. We are called to preach the gospel. We are called to share our faith. But we can get so busy, busy raising kids and busy going to work and busy with school and education and busy with bills and busy with problems. Life can just be busy, 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 busy. We get so busy that we easily forget why we are here. Church, God saved us so that we could be a part of saving others. God rescued us so that we could rescue others and we can forget why we're here. That's why you are still here. The reason that there's still breath in your body is God wants you to be light. He wants you to be salt. He wants you to share your faith. He wants you to share the good news with others. The trap of busyness, number two, is the trap of rejection. Notice John chapter 4, verse 7 through 9. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the, to the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jews and Samaritans did not interact with each other. They, they did not like one another. So a Jewish man certainly would not be talking to a Samaritan woman. But Jesus he had a conversation with this lady, and she was kind of like, why are you talking to me? You, you Jews don't talk to us Samaritans. She might have even thought Jesus was trying to flirt with her. I don't want to be your boo. Go get your own drink. I'm not interested in you. I'm not giving you no water. But Jesus didn't allow the trap of rejection to keep him from sharing the good news. Jesus took the risk of being rejected by this lady because he knew she needed grace. She needed mercy. She needed forgiveness. So he took the risk. I think about my dad being sick in October. He was in the hospital and I was going back and forth to see him about an hour and a half away and got a phone call on November the 16th. And the call said, your dad has stage four 
cancer. And I knew the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Herbert, you, you got to go talk to your dad about Jesus today. And so I changed my schedule. I got in my car and I drove to Ada, Oklahoma. And I knew that night when I got there, I was going to talk to my dad about Jesus. I was scared. I was nervous. Me and my dad, we've lived two different kind of lives. And I just knew as I started talking about Jesus, he might cuss me out. We had a little different vernacular on how we communicated. And he's 83 years old. And so I went to the hospital and hung out with my dad, talked about different things, and a little bit about life. And, and I knew I was getting ready to leave. And I was debating, like, oh, man, do I share or do I not? Oh, man, I know the Lord wants me to share. He might cuss me out. I don't know how this is going to go. But I sat down next to his bed. And I just said, Dad, how are things between you and God? Are you okay with Jesus? And he said, I think so, but I don't know, son. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. If I'm, if I'm okay with God. I said, well, do you want to be? He said, yes. And I grabbed my dad's hand at 83 years old, tears streaming down his face. I was crying. And that night, I led my dad to Jesus Christ and had no idea. Ten, late, ten days later, he would be dead. That's why I've titled this message, I Wish I Would Have Shared My Faith. Because I think about if I wouldn't have shared my faith, if I wouldn't have got, just stepped out in faith knowing that I could have been rejected, my dad's eternity may not have been secured to go to heaven. I had to overcome the trap of rejection. There's a third trap. It's the trap of not knowing enough. This woman immediately started asking Jesus questions. Notice in John chapter 4, verse 11. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself? As did also his sons and his livestock. And notice what she says in verse 20. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. And this lady began to question Jesus. She had reasoning. She had good logic. She knew religion. She said, you don't even have anything to draw water with, fella. You think you're so great? I know you Jews, you, where you worship. I know where you worship. I, I, know, I know religion. You can't tell me anything. And obviously, Jesus had great answers to her questions. And I know what some of you are thinking. And that's why I can't share my faith. I'm not Jesus. Listen, church, we can fall into the trap of not sharing our faith because we think we need to have all the answers. You know, we get a little scared, a little fearful. You get a little fearful about that coworker or that family member or that student at school. And you start thinking, I, I can't say anything because people might ask me, Something I don't know. They, they may argue with me. They may debate religion with me. Pastor, I just don't know enough to share my faith. I don't know enough. So that somebody else has to share their faith with, with my coworkers or, or my family or my neighbors. So somebody else has to invite somebody to church. I, I just can't do that at school. I, I just, God can't use me in that way. And today my goal is I want you to overcome these traps by learning how to share your faith in a life-giving way.
And here's what I want to do today. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to equip you. God's called you to do this. He's anointed you to do this. Every Christ follower, you have been commissioned by God to preach the gospel, to share your faith. Let me give you five life-giving ways to do it. Here's the, number, the first one. Don't judge people. Love people. This lady was all by herself at the city's well. She's at this water well by herself in the heat of the day. You see, most people would go out early in the morning or they would go out late in the evening when it was cooler to get water. But not this lady. Why? She doesn't want to deal with people because she's facing shame. She's facing regret. She had had five husbands and the man that she was living with was not her husband. She was hurting. She was in pain. And Jesus went to Samaria with the right mindset and the right heart. He went there to love her, not to judge her. He went there to help her, not to hurt her. And if anybody could have judged her, it was Jesus. He's perfect. He's the sinless one, but he doesn't judge her. He loves her. A life-giving approach to sharing your faith begins with loving people, not judging people. You need to remember it's God's love and kindness that leads people to repentance. The scripture says in Romans chapter 2 and verse 4, don't you see how, wonderful, how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? I'm going to date myself right now, and I want some of you to date yourself as well by lifting up your hand. Throw a hand raise in the chat line right now. How many of you remember Blockbuster Video? Just come over. Where are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blockbuster. Mm -hmm. Everybody don't have your hand up. It's because you're young. <laughs> yeah, you're young. But back in the day, we used to roll up on Blockbuster on a Friday night. <laughs> I'd go in and rent a movie. Because you had to watch movies on VHS tapes. Huh? And Blockbuster had a slogan written on the box that the tape was inside. And the slogan said, be kind and rewind. <laughs> In other words, be considerate to the next renter of this tape. Be kind and rewind. And that's what I do with my life. That's how I share my faith. When I'm getting ready to share my faith, I just always be kind and rewind. And I remember what God brought me from. I remember the mess I was in. I remember when I was addicted. I remember when I was a slave to sin. I remember when I was lost, broken, busted, and disgusted. Anybody else like me? Has God brought you a mighty long ways? Has God been good to you? You got to remember where the Lord has brought you from. Because when you forget get where God's brought you from, you get all sadity. You get full of pride. You start looking down on others. But when you remember where the Lord has brought you from, you be kind and rewind and you don't judge. You love. Don't judge people. Love people. Number two is this. Number two, this second life-giving way is to initiate a conversation, not an argument. Jesus started a conversation not an attack. He asked her for a drink. He, he, he didn't go up to this lady and say, I know why you're at this well by yourself. 
You live in ratchet? You live in nasty? Up here in the heat of the day. If you wouldn't live so wild, you could come get water at the normal time with everybody else. He didn't say that. No, no, no. You can't expect to win people to Jesus by degrading them. By, by yelling at them, by arguing with them, by making them feel like a loser. You can't win people to Jesus by calling them a failure and telling them, you know what, you're wrong and I'm right. No, 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 no. I love what an ancient poet, poet once said. He said, raise your words, not your voice. It's rain that grows flowers, not thunder. Be kind. Remember, it's the kindness of God that draws people to repentance. Have a conversation, not an argument. Let me give you the third life-giving way to share your faith. Talk about something you have in common. Jesus started the conversation with something they had in common. Here they are at a well, and she was drawing water. So what did he do? He talked about water. He had a life-giving approach to sharing faith. Here's what you do, church. Here's how you find a life-giving approach. You look for something you have in common. And you talk about it. You, you, you find something you can connect on and you talk about it. And when you start talking about something that the other person is interested in, the conversation can open up their heart. Jesus talked to her about water because water was on her mind. So you might need to talk to someone about their job or maybe you talk to them about their kids or or their grandkids. Maybe they like sports, so you talk to them about football or, or basketball or, or baseball or golf. Maybe they like shopping, and so you talk about shopping and, and clothes and shoes. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe they like they have some other hobbies, so you talk to them about their hobby and get into their world and ask them questions about their hobby. Maybe they, they like gaming, so you talk to them about games and video games they like to play. Whatever their hobby, whatever their interest is, find it and talk about it. Maybe ask them how they grew up. And then find out more about their story. Talk about something you have in common. And I really believe this. I believe one of the reasons I wasn't rejected by my dad was not only was he on his deathbed dying of cancer that night, but over the years, I would go see my dad. I would meet him on Father's Day. We'd go out to eat. I'd meet him on his birthday, and we'd go out to eat. I, Christmas time, we used to get a, usually got a, got a meal together. He'd come over to our home for Thanksgiving. Every Thanksgiving, my dad would come over to our home. And when my dad would come over, when I would connect with my dad, I didn't go, how many, got any, any Bible verses memorized? How you living? When last time you been to church? I'm a preacher, you coming? I didn't do that. Whenever I sat and talked with my dad, I, I talked about what he was interested in. So I talked a lot about cows. How them cows doing, Daddy? <laughs> uh, I grew up messing with cows. I don't like cows. My hands are soft for a reason. Now, these preaching hands. Preaching hands right here. I lay hands on people, but I do. I'm full with cows. But I talk about cows. He talking about these horses, and he going to the cell, and cow got out, and Listen, look, look, talked about his trailers, and I just would talk about it. I just get into his world, and I just talk. And listen, we love talking about we woke up people. We talked about we woke up people. I kind of like to hear about the woke up people. Like, what they doing, Daddy? <laughs> we talk about we woke up. 
But but I believe I was able to connect with my dad, and throughout the years, I opened his heart up because I just met my dad where he was and talked about what we had in common. Come on, we're talking about five life-giving ways to share your faith. Don't judge people. Love people. Initiate a conversation, not an argument. Talk about something you have in common. Number four, find an attractive way to talk about Jesus. Well, when you're talking to someone and you have got something in common, then what you're doing is you're looking for an opportunity to share the good news. See, Jesus found a way to make the gospel attractive and enticing for this lady. He talked about living water. Notice this in John chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked for a drink, you would have asked him and he would, give, he would have given you living water. Verse 13 says, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. I mean, he's just meeting her where he is. Now he's making it attractive. He goes on to say, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and keep and, 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 and have to keep coming here to draw water. And Jesus was creative in his approach. He, he knew something about this lady. He knew she's at this well and she needed water. But Jesus was wise. He also knew, even though she didn't know it, he knew she needed living water. And so church, to find an attractive way to share your faith, you need to know this about people. I'm going to give you a secret. You need to know this about every single human being. Everyone wants peace. Everyone wants joy and happiness. Everyone wants purpose. Everyone wants hope. Everyone wants their relationships to win. Everyone wants to be loved and accepted. And people don't even know it. But everyone wants living water. They don't even know it. They've got a God spot on the inside of them. And so when you're talking to people, what you want to do is you want to listen for what's missing in their life or for a pain point in their life. And then lovingly share the hope of Jesus. You're looking, you're listening for what's missing, what's missing, or a pain point, And then you're going to make the gospel attractive to them. Let, let me give you an example. Maybe you're talking to a person and they're talking about how times are crazy. Woo, these are crazy days we're living in. I'm worried. I'm stressed out. Woo, it's crazy around here. Stressed and worried. And then you just heard a pain point. You just... You heard where they are, what's missing in their life. And so you just say something like, make it attractive. You know, and I, man, I, it is crazy. It's crazy. I just can't believe what's going on in our world. And yet I have peace. I, I, I really, I just have peace. Really? Did you hear what's going on? Yeah, I heard. Fire's breaking out. It's crazy around here. But I, got, I have peace. How do you have so much peace? Well, let me tell you why. And several years ago, I gave my life to Jesus, right? You're just finding that way to share your faith. Maybe you're talking to somebody and they talk about, my life is so hard. I've been through so much trouble. And they just start listing all their trouble. And like, oh, man, I've just been through so much trouble. I'm just in so much trouble, so much pain, so much heartache. And you're like, man, I've been there. My life's been hard, too. And, I, and you start sh sharing your story about your pain. You see, you don't win people with an argument. You don't have to know it all. Just share your story. Nobody can argue your story. There's power in your story. So just share your story. I've been through pain. I've been through heartache. Life's been hard. And just start sharing 
your story and your pain and your heartache, but you know what? I still have joy. I have joy today. After all you've been through, how do you have joy? Hey, several years ago or last week or, or a year ago, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. All my problems didn't go away, but I can tell you I've got joy today because I gave my life to Jesus. You're, you're, you're looking for an attractive, enticing way to share the good news of Jesus. Number five, number five, number five. I'm helping you today, church. Here's this fifth one. Remember that one changed life leads to more changed lives. So after her experience with Jesus, this woman went back to her town and told them about Jesus. I want you to see this in John chapter 4, verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said, that you shared your story. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Because Jesus reached this woman, many more people were saved. A city was reached. Revival broke out in the city. You see, church, understand this. When you reach one person for Jesus, you have no idea the ripple effect. Sharing Jesus, taking an invite card and inviting somebody to church, sharing your faith, sharing your story, inviting that coworker, inviting that neighbor to church, inviting that student at school, paying for somebody's groceries, and then just, hey, hand this car, I'd love to see you at church. Paying for somebody's coffee and say, hey, I'm going to pay for the next three people behind me, and would you hand them this card and just let them know I'd love to see them at church with me. When you're just going to invite, you're looking, you're going to leave it on a bulletin board, you're going to leave it on a table, you're just looking for many ways to get the word out about Jesus and Easter because you have no idea. You reach that one person, the ripple effect that it will have on many more people coming to faith in Christ. I think about the person who invited me 30 years ago to a football locker room. And I went that night and I gave my life to Jesus. That person had no idea when they invited me that months later I'd be called into ministry. They had no idea that that little old boy from Wewoka would travel all around America and around the world preaching the gospel and literally seeing thousands and hundreds of thousands come to faith in Christ. Had no idea that in my early 20s, I would preach to teenagers all around America at youth camps, thousands and thousands of teenagers, and see them come to faith in Christ, see them called into ministry, see them say, had no idea that one day I'd start a church. And all the lives that have been impacted because one person invited me. And that person sure didn't know, they sure didn't know that 30 years later, I'd be sitting at my daddy's bedside. And my 83-year-old daddy would give his life to Jesus Christ because of the ripple effect. When you reach one person, you have no idea how many more people will come to faith in Jesus Christ. And church, church, let God use you this week. 
that God used you. What I don't want you to do is have regret that one day you would think about your dad or your mom or you would think about your child or your friends or your coworkers, your neighbors, and one day you will say, I wish I would have shared my faith. No, go ahead and share it today. Share it this week, and let's believe God for more changed lives. Church, we're going to take communion together and remember the sacrifice that Jesus paid on the cross of Calvary today. And I want us to prepare our hearts to take communion. You see, all this is possible because of Jesus. And so right now, I want you to grab your communion cups. If you're online with us, uh, you can grab that communion cup on the bottom or on the top. You'll see a wafer. You can grab that wafer, wafer and just hold it in your hand. I'm going to just take one minute and let those online go get some juice, go get some crackers, go get some bread, go get some water, whatever you have available in your home. And you're going to participate in communion with us. Listen. Communion is for Christ followers. Every Christ follower, it doesn't matter if you go to church here or not, if you're a Christ follower, we want you to take communion today and remember the sacrifice that Jesus paid. As we prepare for communion, and those of you go get your elements there at home, let's just sing about the blood of Jesus. Would you prepare your hearts right now for communion as we sing this song? What can wash away my sin? of our Savior as we partake of this bread. In Jesus' name, amen. You can partake of the bread. You can now peel back that top layer and expose the juice and we'll take of it together after we pray. Jesus told his disciples before he went to die on the cross, he took the bread and took the cup with them and said, every time you do this, do this in remembrance of me because I'm getting ready to die a horrific death so that your sins can be forgiven. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And today we are, our sins are forgiven because Jesus shed his blood. Not only are our sins forgiven, but today you can have peace and joy and healing because of the blood of Jesus. 
Father, thank you for Jesus, that he shed his blood on that cross. We remember the sacrifice that he made. And we thank you that today our sins are forgiven. They're under the blood. We thank you also that there's peace and hope and joy. And we pray for our world today. There's a lot of pain. A lot of people need peace and joy. The school shooting in Tennessee, oh God, draw near with your peace and your comfort and your love. We think about the tornadoes that hit around America and devastated Little Rock. Oh God, let your peace and your joy and your hope and your help invade situations right now. And Father, today, we just thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ that washes away our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you partake of the cup with me? Come on right now. Would you just begin to thank God for the blood? Come on, would you begin to thank God? Come on, would you begin to thank God? Come on, Shannon, would you lead us? Come on, somebody thank God for the blood. Come on, somebody thank God for the blood. Come on, thank God for the blood right now. Lord, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. cover all of your mistakes and all of your sins and all of your mess ups. You just feel messed up. You feel just jacked up. You feel like there's no way God can forgive me and I want you to know that you're wrong. You're in a place today where it's okay not to be okay. Listen, you're in a place today where you're loved. We love you, but more than we love you, God loves you. And God loves you so much that he wants to forgive you of all of your sins. He doesn't want you to stay the same. He wants to change your life. But it begins by saying yes to Jesus today. There's somebody here that need to, need, you need to rededicate your life back to the Lord today. Come back home. I want you to know today, the scripture says, is the day of salvation. Not next week on Easter. Not the next month. Not the next year. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to give your life to Jesus Christ. Say yes to him. Surrender to him today. If I'm talking to you as I count to three, shoot your hand up high in the air and say, Pastor, include me in this prayer. I want the blood of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. One, two, three. Just lift your hand high right now. God's going to forgive you. I see your hand there. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Others, come on, lift it high. I see your hand there. I see your hand. Come on, online. Just begin to write the word yes or click the raise your hand button. Right now, come on, people are saying yes to Jesus. So awesome, so awesome, so awesome. Come on, every location, lift your hand high. Come on, Mabel Bassett, just raise it high right now. I'm going to ask every hand that's lifted to pray this prayer with me. Confess it with your mouth, believe it in your heart. God's going to wash away your sins. Pray with me now. Heavenly Father, 
I turn from my sin. I turn to Jesus Christ. I confess Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. My heart is yours the rest of my life. Thank you for your grace and mercy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.